everyone. Welcome back to the Suns. It is Wednesday, 6.48 p.m. on November 4th, and uh, we're going to talk some hockey football. It's been a, a long 24-hour news cycle with the election, but we're going to draw our focuses into what we love on Saturdays, and we're going to kick it off here with a hokey haiku, actually with two hokey haikus, brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy. Hey, I got to say, Main Street Pharmacy, it's the place that will always deliver. Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts, uh, a true son of Saturday, will always greet you with a smile, be able to answer any questions or serve any prescriptions, sell you Sons of Saturday merchandise. Yes, that is still coming. That is coming this week. But really care about you and the Virginia Tech uh, community as you are a neighbor, not a number at the Main Street Pharmacy. So shout out to Jeremy. And we're going to kick things off here with two hokey haikus. The first one coming from Grant Watson. Thank you, Grant. Herbert and Blackshear both rush for 100 plus. Whoa, that would be nice. We destroy the flames. And then Stephanie Gomez-Wilson with the second submission. Extinguish the flames. Nothing beats touchdowns in lane. Kind of a rhyme. Hokies, stick it in. We'll give it a little, little clap there. So I'm, I'm really excited because Bill, Bill couldn't jump on. He, uh, he's got a lot of, to, of work to do tonight. But we have an esteemed special guest coming right out of the New River Valley, Matt Kamire, former Liberty football player, played center at Liberty, Walked on in 2006, started every game senior year. Hashtag Sons of Scholarships. Uh, he is a former, and we'll do like former slash current radio and TV broadcaster for the Liberty Flames for the past eight years. Uh, he's currently taking a little break because of COVID and hashtag fatherhood. He's got his own son of Saturday. Tell us about, uh, tell us about Cooper, Matt. Hey, Pat, I appreciate it. By the way, I, I don't correct many people, but I will correct you since uh, I know you're really well. It's Kamari for anybody listening. Kamari, it's okay. <laughs> That's funny uh, because I remember the first time we ever went on the drive uh, at ESPN Blacksburg last fall. Yeah. Uh, Matt texted in Paul Van Wagner and he said, and Paul was like, Matt, Kamari is, is, is catching in and has a question for Pat. And I was just like thinking that I was like, is Paul saying his last name wrong, or have I been <laughs> have I been thinking his last name is one thing the whole time, and it was the well, other thing? So what's thank funny, you Pat, for the correction. No, no. What's funny, Pat, is that, you know I've known you for like two years now, uh, and I don't think you've ever had to say my last name, so you get a break there, bud. So don't worry about <laughs> it, man. Um, but yeah, man, I you know went to Liberty, graduated in 2010, and uh, have been on the started my radio career uh, with them, part time career with them in 2012. When uh, Alan York, their play-by-play guy, who's a great dude, uh, asked me to come on and help them with their pregame show that developed into me being the pregame analyst spotting for them. So I had the opportunity to travel with the team and the radio crew over the past, well, it was six years and then I've done TV the last two until this year. So um, I got to see a lot of big games. It was a lot of fun. Um, And yeah, taking a break because of COVID, decided to, um, you know, after talking with Liberty, uh, the 
the TV broadcast folks decided to keep it more in-house, reduce the number of people in the on the desk, which I completely understand. And I have a kid, Cooper. Cooper is going to, he's 10 months old now. He was born on Christmas Eve last year and he is my son for sure. And like I told you uh, when we were talking back and forth, he is definitely a son of Saturday. Loves the Hokies, <laughs> loves football. He has a little plush football that I'll uh, yell hut hut hike and he'll just like look up when he's crawling around and I'll throw it and of course it hits him in his head but uh, he thinks it's <laughs> the greatest thing in the world uh, we are big football fans he's a huge kid and uh, yeah man that's just it's been it's been a whirlwind and uh, definitely looking forward to watching more football with him uh, especially this Saturday love that fatherhood is great sons of Saturday is awesome and then Matt I know you grew up a Hokie fan uh, just tell us a little bit where did you grow up and tell us about you know your work at Virginia Tech and the roles that you've had at Virginia Tech yeah I grew up a Hokie fan my dad is a Pamplin grad from 1979 and uh, you know grew up a Hokie uh, split my time childhood in between North Carolina and Richmond Grew up just outside of Richmond and Midlothian. Uh, great spot. Went to Manchester High School. From there, obviously, went to Liberty and then worked for, you know, previously before uh, before Virginia Tech, worked for Special Olympics nonprofit and then moved to Virginia Tech about two and a half years ago to work as a fundraiser. Was working centrally. Uh, work That means covering all facets of the University of Fundraising with a big team. And now I specifically work for the College of Engineering. Started there right before COVID hit has been interesting trying to adjust to COVID and a, a new college and a new role, but have have enjoyed every single minute of it and have enjoyed every single second of my time at Virginia Tech. Truly uh, have loved it, have lived in the New River Valley for seven years, uh, knew what Prozum was, knew about Hokie Nation, but it's just a different level uh, when you're when you're actually in it and uh, not being a Hokie by degree. Uh, I always tell people you're not going to find somebody who loves Virginia Tech more than me, even though I'm sure there's there's plenty of people who say the same thing, but uh, <laughs> truly love Hokie Nation. There's some great people I've met and uh, the spirit of Prozum, like, man, it lives, lives on. It's crazy how many how many folks I come in contact with who, who love their time and continue to, to serve being years out from Virginia Tech. It's really cool and really grateful to be a part of it. Yeah, so Matt and I, uh, I guess we met, yeah, over two years ago uh, in Arlington. Matt was on a um, kind of like a road show, I guess you would say. Yeah, uh, for visiting, sure. <laughs> visiting with alums up in the uh, the D.C. Nova area. And I actually, I didn't know that you had uh, moved over to the College of Engineering, so congratulations. But uh, yeah, we got, we got some wings, I believe, uh, once or twice up there. Yeah. What's it like working with uh, with Carl Mitchell up at the uh, the school? Oh engineer? man, Carl's the man. I've learned a lot from Carl. Uh, he's a great dude. Learned a lot from that whole team. But Carl, you know, I, if there's if there's a, a more diehard hokey out there, uh, I'd put him up against Carl Mitchell. You know, I think he was a former <laughs> former mascot and yep. uh, loves the Hokies. And uh, I think uh, all of his kids, or he has one that I think all of them until he's got one in high school have gone to Tech. So. Um, Carl's the man. I've learned a lot, but Carl's a crazy dude. He's uh, he's taught me a lot. I'm looking forward to learning more from him, man, for sure. Oh yeah, and Carl will know. I I know Carl will love the shout out. Carl E oh, Global. Sure. Carl E Global checking in. So we're gonna check in to this Virginia Tech versus Liberty game on Saturday at noon on the ACC Network. But first of all, I've got to kick things off with Hokie history. I love Hokie history. I love talking about Hokie history. But this is only the second meeting all time between Virginia Tech. And the Liberty Flames. And 
you know, comes as a surprise because Liberty is, you know, what is it? 90 minutes away, Lynchburg, yeah. two hours, you know, if you, if you, if you drive like I do, it's 90 minutes, Pat. <laughs> exactly. So uh, that first game was in 2016. It was actually coach Fuente's first game as Virginia tech head coach, September 3rd, 2016, Virginia tech went on to win 36 to 13. If you remember Gerard Evans had a, a solid game there, but uh yeah, you know, we didn't we didn't blow out Liberty like we thought we would. You know that uh, that game next week was uh, the Fumble Fest at Bristol. This game was kind of a sloppy start, but we got the dub. Matt, was what was kind of the highlight for the uh, the Liberty side from that game? I think it was just keeping it close, keeping it closer than what a lot of people thought. Uh, that's one thing that you know Liberty was still in. I think if they were FCS at that point, they weren't transitioning to the FBS independent ranks yet. Uh, but just being able to keep it close. Um, not being intimidated by Inner Sandman, which is, you know, Inner Sandman is very intimidating. A full raucous lane is very intimidating. But a 12 o'clock or early afternoon, Inner Sandman isn't as intimidating as a night game, if you ask me personally. Uh, but they were they were happy to stick it, keep it close, uh, call some turnovers. But, you know, uh, the false starts for Liberty, I mean, that that's where the crowd really got, got the offensive line for Liberty, I think the right tackle at one point had four in a row. Um, <laughs> and it was, I remember being in the radio booth for Liberty that game. And it was absolutely just kind of like I, inside. I was laughing. I'm not going to lie. Just because being a center, you know, I, I think I had one false start my entire career. So um, but like seeing, seeing someone just get so frazzled by the crowd uh, was, was, was tough to watch, but also kind of fun to watch. And uh, the crowd showed up for, for the flame or not the, the crowd showed did show up for the flames that day. There was a great crowd from Liberty. And like I said, they were just really stoked to keep it close. Uh, I remember those games when we played West Virginia, we were sort of in the same boat when I was playing, we kept it close. And then at the end, West Virginia pulled it out. So those are, that's a great feeling. Now it's FBS versus FBS. They're independent now and they come into lane ranked. So it's be a different story. That's right. And speaking of stories, we got plenty of game storylines that we'll roll right into. Brought to you by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. I actually, first time, got to visit there uh, this past week. Had an incredible experience with Dr. John Cranham and his incredible staff, including uh, Caitlin Cranham, Dr. Caitlin Cran as well. Head on down there. Mention that the sun sent you 50% off your teeth bleachery. So, Game storylines here. Hugh Freeze, head coach at Liberty. Second season, is that correct? Yeah, second season. Yep. Fun fact, Hugh Freeze actually recruited Billy Ray to Ole Miss back in, uh, I guess, back in what, 2012, 2013? Long time ago when Hugh Freeze was at uh, Ole Miss uh, with the head whistle. Liberty is 6-0. Uh, and oh. They went 8-5 and five last year. He's definitely, you know, essentially built a winning culture so far. Uh, in Lynchburg. Uh, he's an offensive mastermind coming off a little bye week here. So he's had some extra time to prepare for Virginia Tech. Uh, Malik Willis is their starting quarterback, a guy from Atlantic, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, who is a former Virginia Tech commit. Uh, he committed in summer of 2016, actually, not too, uh, not too long before that Tech Liberty game in September. Ended up decommitting uh, late in the cycle and ended up at Auburn. And now we see him back in Virginia, but at Liberty. So we'll talk a little bit more about him when we break down the offense. But Matt, what are some of your main storylines here for the Liberty Flames? 
Well, I think, you know, Pat, you alluded to it. Hugh Freeze is an offensive mastermind. Uh, one thing that I brought up to other folks that I've talked to is Hugh Freeze is great at running an RPO-style offense. Um, you know, and he, you know, RPO is transformed. I consider it very similar to, you know, a read option just, to, you know, to explain it to easily to folks. But he's really good at it. He's really good at game planning. He's really good at finding the personnel mismatches. Um, he's one of only, you know, a few handful of coaches, if if not the only one, to beat Nick Saban two years in a row when he was at Ole Miss. Uh, so he he definitely has some uh, chops about him when it comes to coaching. He's got a great staff, really good staff, uh, sneaky good staff, really. And they they're all in. And last year, uh, last year was his first year. And if everyone remembers, you know, seeing Hugh Freeze in the hospital bed, coaching from the hospital bed with his back injury, hashtag um, grit. Yeah, seriously. And uh, it was the first game they hosted Syracuse last year, the first ever Power Five opponent to come to Liberty. And Hugh Freeze is up in the up in the coach's booth in a hospital, but giving a thumbs up uh, down to Dino Babers. And uh, it, it was very uh, – it became a popular meme in some circles. Um, but Hugh Freeze is, is a good coach. And I think, you know, on the Liberty side, he understands that he said this week Liberty, uh, that Virginia Tech is bigger uh, they're deeper. They're stronger. Uh, he knows that. Um, but he also knows his team can compete. He's got some dogs on his team who are really good, who are really up for the challenge. Uh, I think some of the other storylines, Pat, is, you know, Liberty's really excited to be ranked. This is the first time in school history. Um, yes, I have seen the uh, opponent records, four total wins between their six opponents. But like I told you before, I would bring, I would say to that, you know, they're taking business care of business on the field like they should be. Um, they have done a great job handling their business on the field, keeping teams at bay, giving up a lot of, giving up a weird amount of points uh, for some of the yardage. If you look at the stats, you know, we're talking about how wonky stats can be, um, but they want to prove they belong to. This is, this is definitely a game that can help skew some recruiting in state, if not regionally. Uh, Liberty has recently picked up their biggest, their highest rated recruit ever. Uh, Christian Zachary from Georgia, you know, three-star guy who picked Liberty over Bama, Florida, FSU, Georgia. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's incredible what Hugh Freeze has done there in his two years uh, being at the helm. Uh, Hugh Freeze, we know he can recruit really well uh, looking at his rosters at Ole Miss. And now those guys are in the NFL. Uh, he is getting the attention of guys and uh, it doesn't hurt that Liberty has amazing facilities, really great facilities, a great indoor practice facility, a completely revamped football operations center. That is just the football teams. No one else can go in there. Uh, it's, it's incredible what they're doing at Liberty right now. Yeah. You know what? I was, um, I've driven by Liberty a few times just while, while driving through. Um, but I, I've noticed that they, they have these incredible facilities. It's a really pretty campus. Um, and during coach Fuente's press conference, he actually did subliminally say that Liberty has resources. Um, you know, I don't know if that's like a, a subtle message up the chain here, but with Liberty, you know, having the success on the recruiting trail, what kind of threat do you see them, you know, to Virginia Tech? Yeah, when it comes to recruiting, um, you know, they're just going to be it's 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 just going to continue to grow as you know Hugh Freeze gets his you know if he stays this season, I think he I think he's going to get poached sooner rather than later. But he has said recently in just the last few weeks, he is extremely happy being at Liberty, and he does not see himself or not verbatim, but he said he doesn't see himself leaving anytime soon. Uh, something to that, to that effect. So 
he's going to realize where the hot spots are in Virginia sooner rather than later. Um, I think he's done a good job of identifying folks down south, obviously being from Mississippi himself. Uh, he can get those guys in the southeast, but I think he's going to start recognizing the homegrown talent, especially those guys here in the uh, southwest Virginia area, uh, even further southwest, but uh, the central and then, you know, everyone wants to tout the 757. While it hasn't been the biggest hotbed for Virginia Tech, there's still a lot of talent down there. So, you know, Virginia Tech is going to be competing with Liberty uh, very soon when it comes to recruits in state. And uh, again, that's that's Hugh Freeze being the being the salesman that he is. And for those that don't know, I uh, would love to kind of just hear a quick spark notes rundown of, of Liberty's football program over the last you know 15 years. You mentioned they were FCS in 2016. They made the uh, the jump to FBS. But what are kind of like the uh, the high level highlights of Liberty's football program over the past you know decade and a half? Yeah, Pat, uh, it's so just so everyone is, is aware, like Liberty's goal when it was founded and when they started an athletics program was to be on a national level, be, be known for its athletics on a national level and to be basically the Christian or Southern Baptist version of Notre Dame or BYU. That is what Liberty's leadership's goal was. Um, we're going to fast forward from that all the way to 2006, where Liberty actually started winning. Uh, and that was under head coach Danny Rocco um, was able to be on that team. And uh, that's when they started winning one. When I was playing, we won four straight conference titles. That was in the big South conference Won four straight, which is a lot of fun. Missed out on the playoffs a few times, which was disappointing. Uh, that's when our first uh, most recent big NFL player, Rashad Jennings was on the team and uh, Rashad play bounced around in the league, played for the Jags, uh, Golly, the Raiders and the Giants most recently until he retired, but he's also famous for being the Dancing with the Stars champion a few years ago. Um, so, um, and after that, uh, Coach Rocco left. He went to Richmond and then they brought in Turner Gill. And if anybody knows anything about college football history, Turner Gill was a star at Nebraska, star. And a great football player, had done some coaching, came from Kansas, did great things at Buffalo. I think um, Khalil Mack played for him at Buffalo. Um, did some great things at Buffalo, won a MAC title, and then went to Kansas, inherited a dumpster fire, continued to stay a dumpster fire, and came to Liberty. And that's really when the push to move to transition up started was when he came there. Um, was a big announcement when he came, and they started putting the putting everything in motion to jump up to FBS. So, you know, continuing on a few years, had some pretty had some decent seasons, mediocre seasons, won a conference title, went took Liberty to the First ever playoff appearance, I believe, in 2014. They beat JMU in the first round, which was a one of the biggest wins in program history. Um, had a bunch of other great wins. I was fortunate to be a part of the, the radio crew and travel to a lot of those games. The biggest win, obviously, being Baylor. Uh, I think it was Matt Rule's first game, beat Baylor down at Baylor. And uh, I remember man, that. Yeah, that, that was, was crazy. That was just an incredible game. Um, but, you know, Li- Liberty has, has sort of ticked on. And then uh, when he announced his – um, when he announced his retirement, that's when the athletic director who Ian, is Ian McCall and Ian McCall is from Baylor. Um, you know, people might hear, remember that name. If they do any research, Ian was the AD when the Art Bryle scandal and the sexual assault scandal happened. Um, Ian then came to Liberty and is a true, um, athletics director. Uh, had the chance to interact with him a few times, just great fit. Uh, you know, I'll let people go back and read what they want about the Baylor situation, but I think he's a great fit at Liberty. Uh, and so with leadership wanting to find a new, new head coach, Hugh Freeze had sort of just spoken at chapel, which is called convocation. I think a few months prior to um, Turner Gill resigning, 
uh, or retiring. And so, you know, no one thought that Hugh Freeze would take that job because I think Hugh Freeze was in works to be, I think, Alabama's offensive coordinator and was still kind of uh, put on the uh, don't hire him list from the SEC or something is what I read. Uh, so they brought in Hugh Freeze and Hugh Freeze uh, transformed it. They ended up getting, I don't know what transpired first. I think it was the fact that they got approved to be an FBS independent. Uh, and then Hugh Freeze comes in and then, you know, off to the races, get their first bowl game. Actually, they were the year before Hugh Freeze was there is when they started to transition, got their first bowl game last year, beat Georgia Southern. And now they're off to a 6-0 start. So winning really didn't happen at Liberty on a full like fledged, like expect to win type of mentality until 2006 with Danny Rocco. And he changed the program. Uh, and you can ask any football player who played b- between then or who played back there with Danny Rocco. We'd all run through a brick wall for him. But he really set the tone, set the tone for winning at Liberty. You know, not only is Liberty's football program on the up and up, but the basketball program is as well, as yeah. we know from from the uh, the NCAA tournament matchup a few years back. Um, but yeah, good good to hear that another Virginia school is having success uh, in the athletics realm. Um, have to address, you know, have to address or at least question the elephant in the room here, Matt. Uh, you know, we see it on Hokie Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people are upset with Liberty as the university or upset with the individuals, but you know, the whole Jerry Falwell thing, he's no longer at Liberty. And I'm sure, you know, you are definitely happy about that, but just wanted to, to know if you had any, any, uh, I guess, rebuttal uh, to the folks who might say cancel Liberty or, uh, you know, what is your stance? I'm, I'm interested, you know, cause you, you have a, uh, you have a hand in both pools here with yeah. a Virginia tech lifelong fan, but also a Liberty uh, former player. Yeah. And you know, I get it. I mean, what Jerry Falwell, what has come out about Jerry Falwell Jr. and his and his wife and their actions over the last few months is absolutely appalling, disgusting, and they are a disgrace to Liberty University. What I would tell folks, and it's not my job to convince people, hey, Liberty is a decent place. I just know my experience there was phenomenal. I know a lot of great people there. Um, but what I would say to people is Liberty is not Jerry Falwell Jr. and Becky Falwell and they are not Liberty University. It's separate. No matter how many times he wants to sue the school, um, he did that to himself. Uh, I can tell you in my in my friends group with my alums, we are excited that he is gone. We are we are happy with him being gone, and excited to see where the school goes from now because it was different when I was there. Um, leadership was better when I was there. And I know that a lot of people have missed that. So, um, but I mean, I get everybody on, on Hokie Twitter putting out ridiculous memes. Um, it's, it, I see it, I chuckle. Um, but like I said, uh, you know, I'm not, not trying to change anybody's opinion, but I'm just saying like, it, it was different when I was there. Like I said, my time there was, I loved it. Loved every second. Absolutely. Onward to uh, to greener pastures there, Matt. Yeah, for sure. Um, so speaking of green, green grass is green. Football is played on green grass. Let's talk about Liberty's offense. So was uh, was checking out here the skinny on Liberty. They got seven seniors on their offense. They're averaging 38 points a game. So as you said, Hugh Freeze scores a lot of points. 471 yards per game. That sounds familiar. Sounds a lot like Tech's offense. Uh, they are converting 44% of their third down attempts, uh, 83% of their fourth down attempts. They're led by a guy named Malik Willis, who we talked about earlier, who is converting 67% of his passes. 
He has got a nine to one touchdown to INT ratio and is averaging just under nine yards per attempt. Most recent game against, against Southern Miss, uh, Willis had uh, was 24 of 31 for 345 and six touchdowns. And he also ran for one on the ground, 12 rushes, 97 yards. So uh, let's do a little mental math here. 400 42 total yards and seven touchdowns are my eyes uh are my eyes lying to me or is it was that a real stat line no that's that's the stat line and it made a lot of national headlines i think kirk herbstreet had him as like one of his top six guys or whatever mm-hmm. and he kirk herbstreet has had liberty in his top six for like you know when he does his weekly like um breakouts or like i guess stars um but yeah malik willis i'm just saying he's he's a real dude and what's what's scary pat and, you know, what I want, you know, what I hope people realize when they watch the game, like Malik Willis has gotten better every single game. Like he wasn't lighting it up like that in the first few games. He has gotten better where I see his biggest improvement is his deep ball passing uh, and just watching him connect with his receivers down the field is better. He did miss one game, but uh, he is lighting it up. He can run. He can throw. Uh, he can make you miss, and he's willing to take a hit and give a hit back, too. Uh, he's just kind of a, a all-around athlete, uh, and, you know, he will get the job done. That with their rushing attack, you know, as a team, they're they're rushing for over uh, 250 yards per game. Uh, Willis is the leading rusher, and it's designed, but also he's able to scramble. I think he makes smart decisions with scrambling with the ball. But Hugh Freeze obviously allows him to make correct reads and, you know, watching some of the clips and prep for talking with you, like he hasn't made too many bad reads. The Syracuse game is perfect example where he would give the ball to his running backs and they would they ran all over Syracuse. I mean, just ran all over them. So um, Malik Willis is is the star to watch on Saturday. I was going to say, I remember watching highlights of that, that Syracuse game. Um, yeah, and on top of Willis, they have multiple – guys in their backfield um joshua mack peyton pickett shedro lewis are all threats in the backfield as well they have the sixth best rushing offense in the country at this point so definitely gonna have to uh keep them in contain um as far as receivers go are there any other uh any receivers on on the liberty team that are uh definitely important to watch out for yeah, well, what's you asked that, and I, you know, I'll tell you right now, they haven't had their top two starting, their top two wide receivers play together yet. Uh, so that's something to be on the lookout for. Demario Douglas is a threat, um, just really shifty guy, can make big plays. Uh, DJ Stubbs is another one. You'll see some of DJ when he's sort of in a in a short. Uh, I wouldn't say curl, but over the middle type of game, a slot type of guy. But uh, CJ Yarbrough and uh, Noah Frith are the two guys who are going to be together for the first time on the field. And those two guys are the ones who have gotten a lot of the love from from coaching staff and media on the Liberty side. Those are the two big playmakers that you need to watch out for. Um, bigger receivers can go uh, high point of ball. Um Maybe not the fastest guys. The fastest guy on the field is going to be Shadro Lewis for Liberty. He is a burner, uh, and he can even catch the ball um, either out of the backfield or in a slot type of role. Um, but yeah, Frith and Yarbrough on the same and on the field at the same time could pose problems. Could be problems because, like I said, they can high point balls and they can make plays. And then, uh, as far as the offensive line, how are they in pass protection? How are they in opening up holes? Uh, what are our thoughts on that? I know we were talking about. Uh, giving up 17 sacks on the year earlier, 
but you know, some yeah. of those sacks could be misconstrued from uh, from Willis trying to escape the pocket. Yeah, some of them, you know, some of them by the eye test, you could probably say was a tackle for loss, not a true sack. But uh, <laughs> offensive line's good. Um, at the beginning of the season, you heard a lot of people at Liberty say that might be the best offensive line in the history of the university. I told them to pump the brakes. It was the 2010 offensive line. Uh, okay. No, it was uh, – they, they are really good. They are really good. Thomas Sargent, the starting center, has 42 consecutive starts. 42. He started every game since his freshman year. Was a walk-on. Um, excuse me. Yeah, 42 was a walk-on. Got a scholarship. Has started. Uh, and then across the across the board, the starting five have 105 consecutive starts together, which is incredible. Lots of experience up front. Um, I think this is the best I've seen this group block um, in the past few years leading up to this year. Uh, the last few years of Turner Gill's tenure and the first year of Hugh Freeze, I would always notice there would be a lot of trouble at tackle. Tackle was their sort of their weaker spot. Uh, right tackle, uh, left tackle, just, you know, that's where they would give up, you know, guys coming around the edge, rushing the edge. Uh, but it seems that they have shirted up. Yeah, 17 sacks. Uh, I haven't looked at every single one of those personally, but uh, when it comes to the run game, those guys know how to get off the line, get to the second level and open up holes. And what's, you know, a great comparison. I love watching Khalil Herbert for Tech because, um, you know, when, when I tell my friends what people don't realize is, yes, the offensive line is balling. Vice squad is phenomenal. But Khalil Herbert's vision is 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 even more. It's incredible to watch him be patient, find the perfect hole, the perfect gap to run through. Uh, and that's what Liberty's running backs are doing. Of course, different running styles, maybe. Uh, I think the, the closest to Khalil Herbert might be Josh Mack. He's not as big, um, but is patient and then finds a hole and goes. Uh, to me, Josh looks very slow on the field, but he is actually sneaky fast. And before he transferred to Liberty, he was the top FCS running back when he was at the University of Maine. He was a leading rusher in the country. So dude can definitely run. So can Peyton Pickett. He's your bowling ball type of guy. It's how I would describe him. The Shadro's your speedy guy. Um, but the vision, and that's one thing, you know, I, I compare Liberty's running back vision to Khalil Herbert's running back to his vision. It's really good. You know, good running backs don't even need, they, they need a maybe a, not even a foot wide hole to see because then they trust the offensive line that it'll get wider once they get to it. So uh, the offensive line has gotten the job done this year. That's, that's where the game is, is going to be won. Honestly, I would advise anyone who wants to take a look at this offense, just to look at the highlights from that Syracuse game, uh, just small agile backs, just bursting through the line. Um, the holes are huge. The holes, yeah, are, the holes huge. are huge. Exactly. So, um, as we move over here to the defense, Matt, give me a, give me an idea of the rushing defense and the passing defense. Uh, to, for, started off with uh, with Treshawn Clark and Darrell Johnson. Oh, dude, those guys. Uh, Treshawn Clark is he he's been there. Uh, Darrell Johnson's his first season with Liberty uh, transferred in, I think, from a JUCO. Um, just they're both just dogs, man. They just they just after it. Um, they they know how to rush the passer, but they also know how to follow plays, make tackles. Uh, Trishon is sneaky fast off the edge, and Darrell is just big and, and burly and will just power his way in. Uh, I think Darrell has six sacks on the season, which is incredible, uh, an incredible number. Um, but they uh, Darrell and actually I think he's the fourth leading tackler on the team. 
Uh, and then you have a guy named R- R- Ralph Rusens who uh, is in the middle, is a big body in the middle who can also clog it up. But those two dudes on the edge set the tone for the entire defense. Uh, they can get to the quarterback and they can disrupt a lot of lot of plays. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch uh, the tackles for Virginia Tech, Darisol for sure. So we'll go up against these guys uh, because I have seen them switch sides not often. Um, just a few times, but they they can get after it. Treshawn Clark, Darrell Johnson are definitely the highlight, the high points of the defense. Uh, and a, a pretty pretty good defense. They're only giving up, uh, you know, again, I, I know for people who are listening, I know the schedule uh, is weak, but they're only giving up 122 rushing yards a game and only giving up 172 passing. And we saw Hendon Hooker last week. They got the job done, but he didn't have to pass for many yards. I can't remember what his total was. It was less than 200. Um so they have the opportunity to make uh, Tech one-dimensional, and they also have the opportunity to to stymie the run game, to slow that down too if they tackle well, which I've seen them up and down in tackling, uh, just like I know Hokie fans have seen uh, Tech up and down when it comes to tackling this year. Absolutely. And how, how would you say the secondary grades out? Um, you, know, you know, you had two, secondary, or, uh, two corners enter the – the portal earlier in the summer uh, with with Clark and then Tavion Land. Uh, how has Liberty been able to replace them uh, moving forward for this 2020 campaign? Yeah, so it's it, they've done a good job. I know they've had a a, a younger um, a younger type of uh, defensive back set up, uh, but they've had guys stand out. I know uh, just watching games, Chris Meganson. Uh, has made some plays. Uh, Anthony Butler has made some plays. Uh, so it, it's been it's been interesting to watch. Again, they haven't. Uh, well, Anthony Butler, I guess, is playing more of a, of a linebacker role. But um, it, it's it's been interesting to watch. Pat, they are. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think they're more known for their front seven. Um, Chris Megginson, like I said, Javon Scruggs. Uh, Emmanuel Dabney, I think he's going to be, he's been in the media this week, uh, looking forward to playing. Uh, Jimmy Fox is a guy who's been at Liberty for a while, who's actually made plays, lots and lots of plays in the past, especially last year. It's been sort of by committee. Uh, they've got had some, they've had a couple injuries, but they are um, piecing it together. Uh, haven't forced a ton of turnovers, um, but, you know, obviously the opportunity is always there. So what we'll do here, we're going to do special teams, and then we'll talk into some of the matchups that we like uh, for this matchup on Saturday. Matt, I, uh, I saw that Liberty has two punt return touchdowns, uh, averaging 15 yards per punt return. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about this DeMario Douglas guy and Shadra Lewis uh, yeah. and the punt team? Yeah, so Shadra Lewis is obviously the fastest dude on the field. I think he's the fastest guy on Liberty's roster. Demario Douglas has just great vision. Uh, they've been able to find where they need to run and, and make plays. Blocking down, blocking in the lanes has been really good for Liberty. And I will say, Pat, Liberty, uh, and back in like 2005, 2006, uh, was known for its special teams. Like I know everyone claims Tech was, but in our world of FCS, in our corner of FCS world. Uh, we like led the nation in kick return. So it's nice to see, it is nice to see some Liberty get back to some special teams prowess. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the fits. I think that's what Liberty's really been good at is the fits. And that gives the guys the vision. Um, also, uh, you know, 
as a, as, as a punter and a kicker, you don't want to give these guys opportunities to, to return balls. So it'll be interesting to see what the Hokie special teams unit, uh, what their strategy might be, especially if they're punting deep from in their own zone to where it will definitely will be a return uh, and how they'll cover those two guys. Cause like I said, speedy dudes uh, and you blink, you'll miss Shadro for sure. All right, man. So matchups that we like on Saturday and I honestly, it's funny because uh, this game is definitely going to be one in the trenches. I don't even know if there's a specific matchup uh, that is going to happen for Virginia Tech to win or for Liberty to win other than the offensive lines versus the defensive lines. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, 100% agree. It's the most, uh, you know, it's the most cliche thing in the world that it's one in the trenches, but it is, it really is. Uh, you got two guys for Liberty, Darrell uh, Johnson and Trishon Clark, who we already talked about, who can rush the passer really well or clog it up if they have to, if they have to go inside. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the offensive line uh, with Darisol on the left and then I would assume Tenuta is going to be on the right side, um, you know, unless anything else comes out this week. Um, but they, they're going to have their work cut out for them. I think that I think they're up for the challenge. I think um, they've shut down people before. Um, and then it all comes to the interior guys getting those, getting to the next level because Liberty's guys will fly around. They'll identify and fly around. Uh, so it's definitely going to be one there. And then, you know, Pat on the reverse side, same thing goes for Liberty, all that experience up front, but you got justice Reed who's super hot right now. Um, you know, it sounds like a line from Zoolander, so but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, he, he played great the other day, started, started, set the tempo. And that's really what it's about. You got to set that tempo. Um, you know, the one thing about Liberty that I, you know, if I have to give a slight edge to is their secondary, their secondary have, will have the ability to keep the Virginia tech offense one dimensional, which isn't a bad thing for Virginia tech, obviously with Khalil Herbert and then Hinden hooker being able to run the ball. Um, but I think they will be able to, if they do that, that'll obviously change the Virginia Tech game plan a little bit, uh, personnel matchups. And, uh, you know, we've, you guys have addressed it. A lot of people have said, you know, mentioned the struggles to Liberty's passing game and getting, or not Liberty's, but Virginia Tech's passing game and getting their receivers open in the matchups that they want. Uh, James Mitchell, I think, can have a big game, especially if there's a cover two opportunity. Um, but I, I think it, it's, it's hard to not say it's, it's up front, man. The front seven on their both sides. Um, or the offense front seven on both sides of uh, Liberty and Tech's defense, and then the offensive lines and how they go up against those sevens are really going to set the tone early and uh, and just set it the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, you mentioned Virginia Tech's secondary, and one thing that I do like that I'm very eager to see is how much of our secondary is back this week because yeah. we do know that Jermaine Waller is cleared to play on Saturday. Um, actually was, was sitting there in the dentist chair at the Chesapeake center for complete dentistry. John Cran put on the, uh, the pregame uh, with Liz and Fuente. We were, you know, kind of going back and uh, we listened to the first quarter as well, but um, you know, Liz and had been talking about how Jermaine Waller is going to be playing. And then you know, it turns out he was scratched from the lineup right before we went out there. So it is great to have Waller back on the field on Saturday uh, definitely adds more balance to our secondary. Uh, that being said, matchups that we don't love or might be a little unsure of. Uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Matt, as far as Virginia tech's wide receivers, can they get open? Is Hendon hooker going to throw the ball, you know, more than 15 times? Um, you know, he only threw it 10 times last week. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely see if we can get separation on the edge. Um, but also, you know, we've kind of been spinning this around like a broken record as well. 
uh, just tackling, tackling and tackling. wrapping up. Ooh. You got some slippery guys. You have some very slippery guys, whether it's quarterback, whether it's Lewis, uh, some of those other speedy backs coming out of uh, out of the Liberty backfield. So uh, that's another thing that's definitely has has me a little bit on edge. Uh, you know, can we wrap? Can our front seven wrap up? Can our safeties wrap up uh, here against the Liberty uh, rushing attack? But that being said, we're going to jump into our keys to the game. What's important now? It's important that we beat Liberty on Saturday, but it's also important to know that the hub Blacksburg, the hub apartment complex, the hub on campus is your new luxury apartment as a student, you know, back, you know, Matt, back when we were in college, there weren't all these luxurious buildings to live in. You didn't have your your cool gym or your hot tub or state-of-the-art study lounges. But guess what? It's 2020. It's a modernized society. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. And we're Virginia Tech. We have some awesome apartment complexes all over. But you got to go and stop by at the Hub. The Hub Blacksburg is your place. We will give you the keys to the game. But not before the Hub Blacksburg is giving you the keys to your new apartment complex, uh, whether it's a two, three, or four bedroom. Go check it out. Tell them the Suns sent you the Hub on campus. So, Matt, keys to the game. What are some of the variables here in this game on Saturday that are going to be most important for Virginia Tech to beat, uh, not Louisville, Liberty? Two, L, two L's back and forth. Back yeah. to back. Well, I think, I think Virginia Tech has to do a better job of tackling. I think, uh, obviously, he gave up some big plays. That one long run at the end of the half was was heartbreaking to watch. I think tackling is going to be key because I'm going to tell you right now, as soon as these guys hit the second level for Liberty, they're gone. You got to hit them hard. You got to hit them early. You got to wrap up. Uh, no more of this thudding stuff. That's really going to be it. Uh, and then being able to uh, contain Malik Willis. Malik Willis can do a little bit of everything. I'm not saying you have to necessarily have a spy on him. Uh, but if he if it looks like it could be a coverage sack, he's going to take off. He's going to take off and get whatever he can get. Uh, I've seen him run lots of yards for a touchdown. I've seen him run just a few for a first down. So um, I think containing Malik Willis is, you know, tackling, tackling Liberty, uh, whether it's receivers, running backs, and then containing Malik Willis are the, are the two biggest things, I think, for Virginia Tech's defense. Yeah, to, to kind of echo that here, um, looking at this game, you, you kind of have a similar approach to the Louisville game last week where you have a talented quarterback, you have talented skill position players, you have very talented backs uh, who can break a big one at any point. So uh, you, utilizing the game plan uh, as far as you know, getting pressure on the quarterback is going to be very important. We saw Cunningham. So t- First of all, we didn't even address this. Two quarterbacks named Malik in back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back weeks, yeah. <laughs> that are super talented quarterbacks. Um, so will will Malik Willis throw as many interceptions as Malik Cunningham? Yes, if we can get pressure on him like we did last week to force those mistakes. Uh, but in addition to that, I think our wide receivers need to get separation. Uh, we, we need to have some t- uh, sort of vertical passing game. And then special teams – could could come into play here. It could be a field position. It could be it could be a lot tighter than we think it's going to be. I know a lot of people are like Liberty. It's a joke. I know a lot of other people are like you know they're ranked and undefeated, but we are fourteen and a half point favorites. 
Um, I mentioned this at the end of the last podcast. We need to take care of the little things so the big things happen. It's a famous Frank Beamer quote, but you cannot sleepwalk in the first quarter of this Liberty football game and expect to emerge victorious. So um, please sleep well this week. Virginia Tech fans, sleep well this week. Virginia Tech players, make sure we're well-rested because this will be no slouch at noon on Saturday. So we got one letter from the Lunch Pail brought to you by Uscape Apparel. Go check them out at uscapeapparel.com where you can check out all of the Virginia Tech Skyline apparels. Now we got Burris Hall, we got Torque Bridge, uh, we got Lane Stadium all featured on Uscape Apparel. If you like tie-dye, we got that. We got some cutoff sweatshirts. I'm not I'm not one to rock a cutoff sweatshirt, Matt. I'm sure you are not either. But that only, only at the gym, mean, man. Only at the gym oh, is yeah, a cutoff yeah. sweatshirt, bro. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but they, I mean they have incredible apparel. I, I have some uh shout out to youscape it, it is like some of the best fitting clothes i've ever worn uh but go follow them on instagram check them out we're doing giveaways every single week uh this week uh, maybe we'll do how many receiving yards will trey turner have on saturday maybe we'll make that the challenge so follow us on instagram at sons of sat follow youscape on instagram at youscape apparel use sons of sat promo code for 15 percent off your order there all right Matt, Bill Martin says, is a simple win not really sufficient here? I feel like we need to crush Liberty given our bad recent history against lower echelon teams. Example, ODU. So Matt, you mentioned before, you you think you're going to be rooting for tech here. Actually sounds like you will be rooting for tech here. Um, But tell me. Baby, the paycheck, man. (laughs) (laughs) God, respect the paycheck. Uh, Like, what are you thinking? Like, should tech win this game and win comfortably? Or should we not freak out if we only win by a field goal? A win's a win, first off. Win's a win, right? But I think... I think if this is not a, 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 a dominating performance, it's going to be everyone's going to be disappointed. Um, Virginia Tech is the better team, the better team by far. Um, but like you said, if you sleepwalk, if you come out flat, if there is for some reason a repeat of what happened at Wake Forest when they did come out flat, it's going to be a long, long afternoon. It could be an embarrassing afternoon. Um, you could say that about a lot of teams, but this Liberty team will be fired up. Uh, they will be ready. That's one thing I've learned about Hugh Freeze in his two years there and just being uh, somewhat around the program uh, on, a, on a media level is those dudes are ready to play every week. They were doubted against Georgia Southern in their bowl game last year. They even got mocked on TV, said, hey, these guys are at Disney World. They're not going to be ready to play. Come out and beat Georgia Southern pretty good. I can't remember the final score, but it was – they, they left it on the field that day. Um, I think for Virginia Tech fans to feel comfortable, I think that needs to be a big win. Uh, Tech is historically known to play down to the competition. Um, and another thing that we didn't mention, Pat, like a lot of these guys on the Liberty, on the Liberty roster, still, a lot of them are still FCS talent players. They're guys who are FCS recruited level. Uh, they're not uh, at the FBS you know, body type, uh, your prototypical FBS recruit. Uh, so tech, in my opinion, yes, they should handle business, uh, but a win's a win. Take it when you can get it, beating a top 25 team. Uh, you know, I know people will put that in air quotes, but it is a top 25 win regardless of what happens on Saturday. 
Yeah, I'm excited to get a top 25 win on Saturday, Matt. I will yeah. say. And uh, the, the sad stat of the week was that uh, dating back to 2009, the only other top 25 team that we have beaten in Lane Stadium was the Wake Forest game last year, as Peace. Billy pointed out. Uh, which was a great, which was a great time, yeah. but, um, this is, yeah, this is a big opportunity to get a win over a ranked team. Can't be looking ahead to Miami next week. Can't be looking ahead to, to Clemson on December 5th. Uh, have to take care of business, uh, on Saturday, but we're going to do score predictions here. Grant Watson was so kind to submit some over-unders. Uh, so right before we do the score prediction, we'll do some over-unders, uh, Grant says over under one and a half interceptions for our defense. Matt thoughts over or under uh, under under Willis does a good job of protecting the ball. Yep. Really good job of protecting the ball. Sink it. So I'm gonna go with one yep. or under, excuse me, under. Yeah. Willis has one interception on the year. So I will also go under over under seven and a half incompletions for Hendon hooker. Oh man, that's a toughie. Just you don't know how many times they're going to throw the ball. Um, I'm going to go over though. I'm going to go over. He had a great game. What he was a 100% completion percentage last week, was it? Uh, but I'm going to go over because I think they're going to. I think they're going to try and throw the ball a little more, open it up a little bit. Got it. I'm going to go under just because he was so hot last week. I think he's going to continue the uh, the hot streak as you just mentioned. A lot of FCS guys on that defense, so I uh, think. Uh, and also, his receivers bailed him out pretty good last week. Um, so we'll hope to see that again if necessary. All right, so game line and over under. Virginia Tech opened as a 14 point favorite. It is moved to 14 and a half. We are at home. Uh, Matt, Mr. Vegas, big, are you a Vegas guy? Like what do you, you know, you like to throw money no. on games or no, <laughs> no, not at all, man. I got a kid. Uh, you know, my wife knows what I'm buying, what I'm spending money on, man. Uh, so <laughs> no, but you know, if the question is, do I think Virginia Tech can beat Liberty by what? 14 and a half. You said, yes, sir. I definitely think they can. Um, I think, I think Khalil Herbert can have a big day and really p- propel them. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with definitely. All right, we'll finish this up here. Score prediction for Saturday. Matt, tell me uh, tell me what you're thinking. Thinking 35-17 Tech. 35-17 Tech. All right. I'm going to go. All right, I see the over-under is 67 and a half. Both of these teams can score a lot of points. Tech's averaging around 42 a game. Liberty's averaging 38 a game. Okay, I'm going to say... 49. We don't get the 50 burger. The, we, the elusive 50 burger. The elusive 50 burger. 49-28. Um, so the overhits, both teams score a lot of points. But, um, yeah, 49-28 is my score. So we will uh, finish up here. Closing thoughts. Sharky shout-outs. Closing thoughts. Matt, it was a pleasure having you. I appreciate yeah, man. You, giving, uh, you giving us some of your time and, you know, uh, giving us insight on on both sides of the uh, both sides of the ball here. Yeah, um, I think you know I appreciate the opportunity, Pat, because a lot of people you know they know Liberty, they see Liberty from afar, and it's I was I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion of Liberty or or even sound like I want people to root for Liberty, but I think people I think the fans need to know that Liberty is an up and coming team in the Commonwealth. Uh, they're not going anywhere anytime soon, and uh, right now they got Hugh Freeze, who is a heck of a coach, and he's got them on a very sharp upward uh, trajectory right now 
Absolutely. Um, I gotta, I gotta put Billy Ray's closing thought in here that he put in, uh, put in the notes. He says ACC network with Chris Cotter on Saturday, all caps. Yuck. Uh, so I guess Bill does not like, uh, Chris Cotter on the call. AC network. You never know what's going on with them. Hashtag Spurtle gang. Uh, we are four and oh on the ACC network. I believe I saw that stat thrown around somewhere over the course of this week. Um, I'm going to plug two quick things in my Sharky shout outs. One local light. If you have not downloaded the local light application onto your mobile device, go ahead and do that. It is the best way to support Blacksburg during these times in this $80 million shortfall, uh, economic shortfall that the town is seeing because we can't be there during football season. That's really important. I didn't like seeing the home place closed for the rest of the year. I don't like seeing Boudreaux and the underground and the Blacksburg tap house all have to shut their doors because of this pandemic. So what I've done and what we really ask you guys to do is to download Localite. You can create your own profile, deposit money in. You could essentially buy yourself gift cards for the future. Uh, yes, that's right. If you want to put yourself, you know, put a hundred bucks on a Sharky's gift card, It'll go right to Sharkies, but you'll still have a credit on your phone. You could spend it next spring. You could spend it next fall. You could spend it whenever you're back in Blacksburg. Uh, but it is a great way to get involved and really help out the Blacksburg and NRV community. There's over 35 businesses involved. The folks at Localite are doing a great job uh, in this Support Blacksburg campaign. And uh, be sure to use Sons of Sat when you when you download it, uh, when you register for the Localite app. So Really appreciate that, you guys. And then no, no Shave November. I'm on day four over here, and uh, it's getting a little itchy. I I don't love facial hair. Um, it's, you know, it is what it is. But Relay for Life at Virginia Tech is all over this No Shave November. You can do Movember for men's health. Uh, no Shave November. Uh, the Sons of Saturday will be sending in some pictures over these next few weeks of the progress of our beards. Matt, are you doing any uh, doing any No Shave over there? Uh, well, I'm not a big facial hair guy myself, Pat, but <laughs> I'll see how long I can last. You know, working with uh, working on Zooms with some alums and everything. They're, they're, they're some most of them are pretty forgiving and understanding. So we'll see how long I can stand it because it gets itchy and I'm done with it, man. Can't stand it. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Uh, those are my shout outs, Matt, but, uh, yeah, use this time. Any, uh, any shout outs, anything you want to plug, any people you want to give some spotlight to, uh, this is your opportunity. Yeah, no, well, I'll just, you know, I giving a shout out to, uh, you know, I think something I'm involved in is special Olympics. We just finished our bocce season because that's the only thing we can do right now. And, uh, give a shout out to them. And I know we do a lot with Virginia tech students. So anybody who wants to, uh, get involved uh, with Special Olympics Virginia in Blacksburg in the New River Valley. Uh, just look us up online at specialolympicsva.org. It's a fun group of people to hang out with, fun group of athletes, and we have a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, COVID calms down and we can start more of our sports back up uh, after the first of the year because I know our athletes have missed it. Uh, and just shout out to Blacksburg in general has done a, uh, and the students at Virginia Tech uh, have done a phenomenal job. I work on campus or just a block, about a block off campus is where my office is. And everybody's done a great job to, uh, to do their part. Be committed, be well is the, is the mantra around here. And uh, shout out to all the students who are taking that very seriously. Your sister's down here, correct, Pat? 
Yep, she is. Yes, so wearing a mask on campus and everything. So that's right. Um, but yeah, they're doing a great job. I think everybody who's listening and who hasn't been able to get back to Blacksburg, you'd be proud of of Hokie Nation here in town. They're doing a great job. Love that. Thank you, uh, thank you everyone for listening. In. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. We'll do yeah, this thank you Pat. soon. But this was a ton of fun, and uh, yeah. we'll see you in Blacksburg soon, hopefully. Dude, hopefully you got my new number now, Pat, and you know how to pronounce my last name. So <laughs> I really hope. I really <laughs> hope. Uh, I, I think what last season I kept saying, "Hey, Pat, hit me up. We'll grab a beer." But uh, uh, I tell you what, it was uh, it was a crazy fog preparing to be a dad with my own little son. So uh, <laughs> I'll definitely let you. Uh, when next time you're in, bring Cooper out. We'll hang out, and uh, you can definitely meet the. A uh, Camary son of Saturday. Absolutely. We'll grab some wings too. Oh, absolutely, man. For sure. <laughs> awesome, man. See ya. I bet. Right, you some-